Happy New Year, princess. It is the first day of 2021 and probably majority of us are excited um, or at least happy that we are out of 2020. 2020 brought a lot of uh, challenges and sadness and confusion and chaos and all things humanity. And so 2021, we look at with some expectations that it will be greater than our 2020 as a people, um, not just our nation, but just a, everywhere abroad. Um, dealing with that uh, COVID word and it just being so ingrained in us for an entire year. And just because the clock or the calendar flipped doesn't mean that the tragedies, the trials, the difficulties that we face in 2020 are automatically going to go away. But I think it's all about perspective. And I think sometimes we think that January 1, it sparks this new beginning. And it, it is. It's a new beginning of a new year. And we can take the opportunity to change our perspective. But we don't need to wait till January 1 to do that. We can literally have a do-over every single day. I'm reminded in Lamentations chapter 3 where it says that God's mercy is new every morning. That means every single day that I wake up with breath in my lungs, you wake up with breath in your lungs, is a fresh opportunity for a do-over. And sometimes in the middle of my day, I need a do-over. I need to, where I just blow it, I mess up big time and I just need God to just give me a fresh start. And what I love about it is that we have 24 hours in a day, meaning when those 24 hours are over, we have a fresh opportunity for another day in which we can get it right. And we don't have to wait for once a year to start over. Did you know that most New Year's resolutions um, by January 7th, most people have gone back to their regular way or normal way or last year's way of living? And resolutions don't really last very long. We start off with good intentions, but we don't finish strong. And that's something I've always struggled with. I've always struggled with finishing strong. I can start something very well. I come out the gate, full steam of head. Um, as you probably can tell by podcasts and they're sporadic and all over the place. And that is because I start well. It's the finishing part that I'm not so great at. It's the after the start. It's sometimes I just, I just don't, I don't get it. I get lost up into everyday life and forget about the very thing that I'm supposed to be focusing on to carry that thing through. And um, if you're anything like me, I have a lot of unfinished products. I have unfinished books, um, unfinished manuscripts that I'm writing, unfinished <laughs> um, diets. I have a lot of unfinished things. And I think sometimes we feel, or we're, if you're like me, I get hard on myself about what I haven't finished instead of looking at, look at all the things that I started. And at some point I have the ability to go back and finish those, but I, I moved, I got from nothing to something. And though I may not be done and complete, I started. And so here's January 1, 2021, and we have a lot of starts that's going to happen. But January 2nd, 2021 is where the do-overs start. I started out great, but yeah, that was that one piece of cheesecake that was left over. And so I ate it and now 
I need a do-over. Or, um, you know, I had a little bit too much to drink last night and so I need a do-over. There's so many things that we find in our lives that we need do-overs from. And that reminds me of a very peculiar character in the Bible. Happens to be one of those characters that I um, I really like. I'm really fascinated by Judas. Um, I know that most people think that he's just the betrayer of Jesus. And they look at him, you know, he was... He was a thief. Um, He stole from the money bag. Um, He was a treasurer and in charge of the money bag, um, the offerings and things that came in to support the ministry. And he often dipped his hand in it. He was um, a bit greedy. But that's not all. He He was passionate. And I say that because, look, every, every Jewish young man, boy, looked for God to send the Messiah to rescue them. And that was the that was their mind frame. Everybody thought that here is Jesus. He is the one. He is the Messiah. There were there were zealots, there were everybody, but here's Jesus. He's the Messiah. We know that he's the son of God and this Messiah is coming simply to deliver us from the oppression that we face, from the hands of those that um of the Roman rule. And so here is Jesus. And in the mind of many of um, the Jews then, their mindset was this Messiah is coming to deliver us. And so Judas had in his heart of hearts, he had to because he's thinking like some of the other disciples, that this is the opportunity that God is going to establish his kingdom on earth. And we are going to be delivered out of the hands of these um, Romans. And now we're going to be able to rule as God's people. And so they're looking for this deliverance, this freedom from the oppression. And it's with this in mind that I can imagine things that Judas is going through. I mean, he's walked with Jesus for three almost three and a half years listening to his teachings, sitting before him, and I'm probably having his heart stirred as to Jesus is really going to do this. We are going to rule. I have been selected because truth be told, Jesus picked Judas. Judas didn't pick Jesus. And so I have to understand that, that Judas had a role, just like the rest of the 11. They all had a role in moving forth the kingdom of God or the ministry that God placed um, on the earth. Yes, Judas had a role. And so he was hand-selected and hand-picked by Jesus to be in the midst of his multitude or, or the 12. And so Judas is, he selected, he understands that this is it. He's a part of what's getting ready to happen. And he's excited because we are going to reign and I'm part of this reign. And then Jesus says, I'm going to die. And after that, I'll raise again. Pause, hold up, time out, Jesus. That's a technical file. 
that is, um, is, you know, throwing the flags in the air. Like Judas is like, nope, this is not how this is supposed to go. As a matter of fact, he wasn't the only disciple who thought this is madness. Like this is not how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to die. You're supposed to establish your kingdom and reign as king and Lord. And we're supposed to reign with you. And so the madness enter into Judas and he can't really grab a hold of what Jesus is teaching in his heart. It's in that moment that he yields himself over to the enemy and goes, maybe Jesus just needs a little help, right? If I, if I force the hand of God, then Jesus would have to exert himself as the son of man or the son of God. And now this is going to push him to establish his kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I've often been guilty of trying to move the hand of God along, right? I want this particular situation to happen. And so therefore I try to manipulate the situation in order for the outcome to be what I think think God should be doing in that situation. And that is Judas. I, I, we, we get, we look at Judas sometimes and we point the finger how, how horrible he was. But when we look and examine his, the events around why he did what he did, we often can find ourselves and understand that just like Judas, we need a do-over, right? And G, Judas is, He's in this place where the enemy is just is speaking to him and he's using his heart of, of just the passion that he has in his heart for God's kingdom to be established and the deliverance that happens. And if Jesus is now king, then now the treasury grows and Judas has now more access to dip his hands into the pot. There is this, this war within him of good and evil that is battling just like it is with all of us. And in a split second, he makes a decision that leans closer towards the evil, the sin nature than the God nature. And so he conspires with the godly people. He conspires with the priest, the high priest. He conspires to hand Jesus over or deliver Jesus over for some silver. There he is again, hands in the pot. It's all about money. He has this desire to grow himself and to be known and to be in a place of you know riches and I the Bible doesn't tell us anything about his childhood or his young adult years and growing up and whether or not he lived in poverty or or what brought him to the place where he desired to get to that um, status and have the money and the deception that was in his heart it doesn't tell us anything about that. However, we know that something has occurred that brought him to this place where he thinks and feels and operates in this place of deception. And what's fascinating to me is that he goes to the people who should know God and recognize Jesus. They were the priest in the temple and he conspires with them for silver to give Jesus over to them. He's working with the church folks, y'all, conspiring with them to arrest Jesus. And if Jesus is arrested, that backs him into the corner. Surely if he's arrested, now he would demonstrate his power to get himself out of that situation. But Judas miscalculated. 
he underestimated the fact that Jesus came to do so much more than just establish an earthy clean kingdom. He came to save and heal and deliver those who are far, far off from God. As a matter of fact, Jesus came to die for Judas. And Judas did not understand that. Just like we and the Judas is like us, right? We don't fully comprehend all that God is doing in our situations and in our lives, which is why we try to force the hand of God to do certain things instead of sitting in the uncomfortable place of difficulties and allowing the season to go through and, and God to walk through us with us. When trials come, we want out. When difficulties, when pressure, we want out. When this New Year's resolution gets a bit difficult, when we feel like we don't want to eat another piece of lettuce, we want out. We want to bail when it gets difficult. And this is Judas. He's tired of being under the Roman oppression. He's tired of not having what he thinks he should have. And therefore, he's at this place where he's going to help God along. And he arrests Jesus. And you know the story is found in Matthew chapter 26. After he's plotted against Jesus, Jesus is now in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is praying because he knows his hour is near. He knows that he has to come to a place that is going to be difficult for Jesus. But the difference between Jesus and Judas is that Jesus presses in harder to God in order for him to get the strength that he needs to fulfill the purpose and call on his life. Judas, however, he pulls away from God, goes somewhere else to get counsel while you know, he went to the church, the pastors of that day to get counsel, but their hearts were so far removed from what God wanted that he gets caught up in this place, in this trap. He moves away from the purpose and will of God over to what the enemy desires. He plays a role though. He goes and in the Bible, it says that Jesus is arrested. He's, he's been praying all night long. He's got some disciples with him. They keep falling asleep. Um, and he prays so hard that he's beginning to sweat blood. and He's just crying out to God. He's done. He's talking to his disciples um, and while they were yet sleeping. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 47 says, While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief, chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a, a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. So Judas had this plan. It was all plotted out. He knew exactly or they knew exactly what the plan was going to be. He was going to walk up, greet the rabbi or greet the Messiah so there will be no doubt who they were going to arrest and then kiss him, right? A sign of intimacy became the sign of betrayal. And he kisses Jesus but Jesus already knows, right? Because he is God in flesh. He knows already that this is the sign. This is the moment in which he was born for. And they seize him and they arrest Jesus, right? And they take him. Now, somewhere along the lines, 
Judith had to have been either a fly on the wall at the trial or somewhere in the near vicinity or heard very quickly when they decide to uh, try Jesus, find him guilty, and take him through the process to sentence him to death. It's in some place between there and the actual time before Jesus being before Pilate that Judas recognizes the mistake that he's made and he needs a do-over. He needs to be reconciled back. He needs desperately forgiveness. He needs desperately the restoration that the Messiah only can give him. He needs a do-over. But instead of going to God, instead of going to Jesus and confessing his sins, instead of going to the place where and telling Jesus that I'm so sorry I did this, instead of opening up his heart, he goes back to the very people that he conspired with trying to get a do-over from them. And oftentimes we find ourselves when we have blown it, when we have messed up, when we need a do-over in life, we go to the wrong source. We go to our friends, we go to our girlfriends, we go to family members, we go to drugs and alcohol, we go to promiscuity, we go to every place else but the one person, the one entity that can actually give us a do-over from the inside out and that is God himself. God alone is able to give us the do-over. And so we have to realize that I can't get that do-over. I can't get my life restored by going to something outside of who created me. If God created us, and he did, then he knows how to restore us and make us afresh and anew again. But Jesus, or Judas, goes to back to the Sanhedrin council. He goes back to the high priest. He goes back there and he tries to get a do-over. Why do I know? Because he tries to give him the money back. He realizes that I've blown it. I've messed up and I'm going and I'm trying to give the money back and they refuse to take it. Chapter 27. I'm going to start reading verse one. It says early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They reply. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. He sought a do-over. He recognized that he had sinned. He was remorseful with a godly remorse. I believe that his remorse was sincere. He knew that he had blown it and he wanted so desperately to start over. But he goes to the wrong source and they don't help him. They push him further into the place of remorse and depression. And all of that that comes with us when we seek our restoration and renewal from the wrong place, it forces us farther away from God. And he is in his despair and his, I don't know what else to do. The Bible says he throws back the money and he goes and he hangs himself. 
So he never gets to experience the redemption in which Jesus is about to die for. He never experiences the fullness of restoration. He never gets to experience the fullness of fresh new mercy every day that Lamentations talked about. Judas needs a do-over, but instead he feels like he's done. And I've been there. I've been there in many a times where I feel like I am done. This is hopeless. There is no turning back. There is no coming out of this. And I feel like letting go. But I hear God saying that he is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And that is the same thing he's doing for you and that he holds me. When I can't hold on to God, God is holding on to me. And that is something that we have to be mindful of. Oh, princess, God is holding on to you. You can have a do-over. There is nothing. And this is what Judas did not understand. This is There is nothing that you can possibly do on this earth that will keep God from loving you. This is what Paul tells us. There's neither death nor life. Lord, there is nothing high or low. There is nothing that is able to separate us from the love of God. And if we have messed up and if we need a do-over, if we get to January 7th and our resolution to be a better person has fallen by the wayside, or we get to January 2nd and we've already thrown in the towel, there is a do-over in God. Every single day, there is new mercy. And so as long as you have breath in your lungs, you were never too late for God's do-over. It simply means we need to come to him and surrender and say, God, I've blown it and I need a do-over. And if you're anything like me, that is every single morning I open my eyes, I need a do-over because there was something along the way that I've said or thought or done, didn't even realize I was doing that has probably offended God or one of God's children, and therefore I need a do-over. Why? Because in me is a sin nature that's rowing, roar, waging war against the nature of God that is in me, and I need a do-over. So if you are in need of a do-over, go to the source, the one who is able to make you over, wash you clean, and set you on the right path. Father, we are so grateful today that although this is a mark of a new year, that every single day is new mercy with you. Every day, God, that we wake up with the breath that you have given us in our lungs, it is a newness of day. It's a new beginning and it's a fresh start. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us a heart to seek after you, to long after you, and to desire to walk in your ways. And when we find ourselves in need of a do-over, that we come sit at your feet, confess our sins before you, and receive the forgiveness that you have for us, that we will walk away from being in your presence and sitting with you and communing with you, that we realize that we've received new mercy for yet another day. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace, daughters.